Disclaimer. The following podcast contains explicit language and adult content. The content may offend some listeners. Relax and don't be a hater. Hello, everyone. This is Marissa of Riss and Babs Walk in the Park podcast fame. And I'm just reviewing what we are doing in this particular segment of our podcast. Um, We are discussing rock painting kits. Yes. Construction and contractors. Our Thanksgiving holidays. Trump's Thanksgiving call. Becoming by Michelle Obama. List of words. The werewolf of Bamberg. Bernie Sanders. Immigration. <laughs> lack of compassion for others. Others, not ours. <laughs> Our next food and beverage adventure. Ancestry DNA updates. Apple screen time. Period of uncertainty. And international travel opportunities. Thank you and stay tuned for more. Enjoy. Enjoy. We are together again. Yay! Thank God. But that our was brutal. Our, our people didn't know that we were, we were not together. Well, they'll know. <laughs> I think they knew. I think we were talking about how much we would miss each other, yeah. probably. Oh, speaking of missing you, I have a present for you. Oh, thank you. From my trip. Is it a painted rock? <laughs> Don't worry, I didn't paint any of my rocks for my kit either. By the way, I mentioned that to Chris and he goes, what's wrong with <laughs> I'm like, who buys a box of rocks? <laughs> um, lots of people. I mean, I'll look, get the we're sales figures. All these rocks right now. Yeah, but they're ugly. Ugh. And technically, I think this is gravel, which Whatever. is different than stone. Oh my god. Oh, it's the construction trucks beeping. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's about time because I can't walk across over there with my dog because they're rebuilding the sidewalk, and I don't know what's taking so long. Uh, that's a whole nother special podcast on why contractors doing government work take so long. Not unless they're private contractors. (laughs) Oh, they are. I think, yeah, but they're hired by the city to, I mean, it's us taxpayers that are paying for the sidewalks to be redone. And so, I mean, isn't the common understanding of the contractor that they drag work out to come in over budget well I mean it depends so long story short a lot of construction needed to be done in a town that I lived in in Jersey or right near it okay and that particular town decided to basically hire the mob to come (laughs) in and do it but you know what the contractor said, listen, you give us overtime, we'll get it done in even faster time. And they did. They came in, probably a little over budget, but they came in and they did it like six months before it was supposed to be completed by the state contractors or whoever. Well, so the question is, though, what was the savings? Because if you're paying somebody overtime, you're paying them more to get it done faster. But did the difference in actual time they save? translate into any significant cost savings probably not but it, you know when you're probably living in in a completely and utterly congested area time is important 
Well, so I guess for the beneficiaries of the work, yes, that was lovely. And I guess... I don't know. I mean, I would say... Well, yeah. I mean, if they got this done six months earlier, the people like you and I who live around here would be happier. Right. But uh, I don't have any hope that it's going to be done anytime soon. No, it's just a pain in the butt. It is. I agree. How was your vacation? Um, I saw some little things up on Facebook. Yes. I tried to avoid until I got home, which I did a good job of. Good for you. Yes, I am. Yes, my trip was lovely. We got to send it, send it, spend it with our good friends. In fact, before our listeners hear this episode, they may be listening to my free the tipple bonus episode. What? I I was doing nothing. Um, Anywho, yes, so my holiday was great. I avoided most social media um, as well. And then, of course, I heard when President Trump was asked what he's thankful for, (laughs) he literally said himself. Good for him. So... No, not good for him. A, this is I, this is not normal. No, I know. Uh, yes, I don't remember exactly. In the review, I'll have to read the tweet exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, people were commenting. They're like, well, for once, it sounded like he was going to be like a normal, gracious human being. When asked if he was thankful, he started like off with my family. And then he's like, and I'm thankful, basically, that I'm such an awesome president. Okay. But. That's what he thinks, so. Oh, my. Bubble. He is in his own bubble. I, however, spent my holiday also reading the new and uber popular book, The Coming, by Michelle Obama. Oh! Yes, knocked that out in a few days. Wow. That's what happens when you, you have... You are a voracious reader. I am a voracious reader, yes. That's a big word. That is a big word. <laughs> I think it's going to go... I think we're going to make a list of big words. Yes. And at the top of that list is always going to be the word amenable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be like our oral, A-U-R-A-L, version of where in the world is Waldo. Yeah. Where in the podcast will... Babs or wrist drop amenable. <laughs> you never well, know. There is a, a certain place for it. So <laughs> don't misuse it. There's always. I know it should be. It should be used sparingly. Use an apolitical term there. I, on the other hand, read, or I'm almost done with it because you know what? I just couldn't get it all done. But I, I've been reading a really cool book called The Werewolf of Bamberg. The fun. Werewolf of Bamberg? Yep. Germany. Can you spell that for me? As in B-I-M-B-U-R-G. Okay, so just e, like it maybe sounds. Maybe an E at the end. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I do know that it's, okay. it takes place. Is shortly. this a real place or no, a made up place? It's a real place. Okay. And it does take place shortly after the witch trials of Bamberg in the early 1600s. No, okay. It's like a little, it's a fictional book. Is it historical fiction? Did they actually have such trials or yes, are they, they just Germanizing the, Hold uh, on, I have to tie my shoe. the Salem witch trials? No, they really happened. People were, people were accused of, um, of witchcraft. Yes. 
uh, were, is this a German author? Was this translated into English or was this written by an American? That's a good question. I yeah. have to look. All right. This will be in our follow-up, people. What's it's it called cute. again? It's called The Werewolf of the Bamberg. The Werewolf. I was going to say The Witches of Bamberg, but The Werewolf <laughs> and it's of a, Bamberg. It all takes place in this town and uh, it's it's just very, it's like, a, it's like a murder mystery. Why is it a werewolf and not witches? Because they're over the witches. They're onto werewolves now. <laughs> I see. They, There's a reason they, for they it. They burned all the witches, and now they're going on to the werewolves. They're yeah. going in reverse no, alphabetical they, order. Somebody thinks they see a werewolf. Now, and this werewolf is killing people. Okay. Picking them off like, you know. Werewolves do. Yes. And interestingly enough, it's the town's um, uh, executioner. Or the brother of the executioner. That's the that, werewolf? No, that figures is, is onto this mystery. Oh, I, that just sounds like an overzealous employee, <laughs> frankly. He's no. like, damn it, I'm the town executioner. We have no more witches. Next. <laughs> All right, so now, is this a book that you found just in one of your library? Okay. I just walk up and down the aisles and take whatever suits my fancy. I know we've talked about this because I've tried to uh, let you inspire me <laughs> to do the same. Although I typically will trend or drift more to non-fiction. Right. I have three library books out now. I'm in various parts of two of them. One is fiction. One is non-fiction. I read a lot of fiction. I don't know why. I just do. Since I was a kid. Well, I mean, fiction is interesting. You know what book made an impact on me thinking, like, reading that way? What? Now I think about it. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh. I think I read I that in fifth grade or fourth grade, yeah. and I was like, it's the best book ever! C.S. Lewis, yep. That was a great book. But I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't know there were others. Or are there? It's there are. Like, that's what I thought. Yeah, there's like... There's a bunch. I have to read some. Five. Uh, I think I read most of them. Like most series, the books do not get better. Right. Harry Potter may be the only series where the books actually got better. Yes. But like, there's also Madeline Lengel's The A Wrinkle in Time series, which... Oh, I gotta read that. I loved A Wrinkle in Time, and I read all the other books, and none was as good as the first one. Gotcha. Oh, yes, so. I don't know, I guess I have to make it back over to the library. I'm not sure I'll let when you my know books when I are go. due. Or, yeah, check okay. your, when your books are mine, and probably do in another two weeks. Oh, and then, oh. I don't know, uh, so, you know, we have to vote again on December 4th. Uh, I know. <laughs> getting those damn phone calls again. This is getting to be, like, ridiculous. Well. And our new governor is the most ridiculous. I think he's, I think he's right up there with Trump. Yes. He is very ridiculous. That is, I mean, that's, yes. I, I he concur. He wants to make it a law that you don't need a permit to carry. And I'm like, what year is this? It's 2018, you knucklehead. 
Why don't you just make it safe for all the lunatics out there own guns? Why don't you just drop off a free gun in every mailbox? Oh, yeah. I Why mean, not? you know. Oh, uh, my goodness gracious. Yeah, so as everybody knows, because this was national news, the Republican Brian Kemp beat the Democrat Stacey Abrams. And so now we're stuck for another six years with a less than desirable person. I doubt it. I doubt it. But uh, anyway, we have this race. I honestly, all I know that's relevant to us in terms of the runoff is, I think, ironically, for Secretary of State. Right. I say ironically because... Because of Kemp. Kemp was our Secretary of State until he was forced to resign. Um, But, yeah, so that's interesting. And honestly... What a, I, I don't know. I guess. So I'm going to vote because that's what I do. <laughs> and. Yes, that's good. I don't mind voting. Uh, but the reason the library made me think about it was because I wondered if they were doing early voting again. Mm. Or if they're. Because next week, December 4th, is the election day and I think there are other runoff elections around the state but I don't know that we're in a district that has anything else to vote for besides Secretary of State so we shall see this is why it's important to vote Democrat for Secretary of State would you like me to share quickly please do (laughs) I knew you were going to you didn't see her eye eye roll where she's about to pass out (laughs) But I would have been here to grab her because that's what friends are for. That's true. That's what friends are for. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the song already. Keep We're smiling. Keep shining. <laughs> all right. Anyhow. So, uh, the Secretary of State. And now that I say this, I feel like I read this. I don't know. The Secretary of State, if he's a Democrat, might be able to counterbalance any gerrymandering that Kemp would be looking to do. And as we've talked about before in this podcast, probably in a preseason episode, was the U.S. Census is every 10 years. So in 2020, when the next census is done, Brian Kemp will be governor. And in 2021, when they start working with that data, to redraw district lines, that's where you need somebody paying attention and actually caring that they don't mm. gerrymander the districts. Like, yes. there have been a couple of states over the past 10 years as a result of this gerrymandering where Republicans have controlled the state legislatures, even though they got fewer Democrats, or fewer votes than the Democrats, because of the way the Republican governor and legislatures were able to control redrawing the maps. And so, 
they'd stick as many Democrats as they could in one district so that even if everybody voted and voted Democrat, they would only get one district. Right. So, it's completely anti-American in that you basically want the minority to control the majority and not actually even be representative. You're throwing away any illusion that we're even a representative democracy. But people have caught on to it, and so that's what they're trying to prevent prevent going forward. And that's also why in the Blue Ripple, it was actually important how many governorships the Democrats did gain across the country, even though they couldn't gain them in Georgia or Florida. Oh, but anywho, yeah, so December 4th, after December 4th, you'll hopefully not be bothered by Until presidential elections. Uh, you should get about a, a little less than a two-year break, I guess. A lot less, probably. Well, I feel like the calls won't start until 2020, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. A year and a yeah, half, no, maybe. You're right, you're right. But, anywho, okay. I, uh, here, I'll say a few more things on politics and then I'll switch topics. Oh my god, did you bring... I brought something. <laughs> I brought a graphic. Let it be known for the record. <laughs> we are walking. We're doing a loop around a local school. And we're only into, we're officially on the second lap. Which means and we're a little more than a mile in. Are we not? It's a, the loop's oh yeah, about right. a mile, yeah. yeah. And she's got graphics. I have graphics. To support her conclusions. Well, or just to further my discussion points. Okay. I don't just, know that I have any conclusions yet. <laughs> but, other than please vote for the Democratic Secretary of State on December 4th. Okay. Okay. This graphic is women turn further away from the Republican Party. Change in women's votes by party from 2016 vote for president to 2018 vote in House races. So that's our federal House races because the Democrats took back the House and the Republicans retained control of the Senate. So all women, the shift toward the Democrats in percentage points went from 54 percent for Democrats to 59 percent and Republicans it went from 40 something percent it's hard to read red when you're walking to 40 percent so it went down a little okay white unmarried women went from 48 to 54 and Republican that's for Democrats Republicans went from something like 46 or 48 to 43 I swear. Here, take a look at this. Is it just I don't like seeing red, or does the red look blurrier than the blue? No, it is blurry. They did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) These fake news people. Oh, my God. All right, white women with college degrees and an asterisk. I don't know why there's an asterisk. Okay. Um, Went from 51% to 59%, and for Democrat, an increase. It went from 44 to 39% drop for Republicans. And then finally, white 
working class women, which I guess they think you can't be a working class woman with a college degree. I don't know. Anyway, it went from, oh, now they've reversed it. Oh, okay. So that was the only category where Republicans were higher than Democrats to begin with. And this little graphic was white working class women. It dropped for Republicans from 61 to 56. And it went up for Democrats 34 to 42. And the reason I brought this graphic was the title of the article intrigued me enough to look at it. Of course, it was a salacious title, Marissa. It said... That's a good word, too, by the way. I know. We like a lot of is words. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the title of this article was, Trump is losing his grip. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Oh, anyhow. Uh, so, well, I, yeah. I have, I have nothing... I, I, just a sidebar about... Yes. Trump. It was, I got to see... Because uh, I was doing all my... Or finishing up my Christmas decorating. Okay. That's why I knee-deep in Christmas crap. In the spirit. Oh, oh no, sorry. Christmas crap, people. Yeah. Christmas crap. <laughs> Ten boxes worth. <laughs> so, and I was watching um, The View. I had it on in the background. And uh, Bernie Sanders was on. And he's always fun to listen to. Uh-huh. He's just a good statesman, but he was talking about... He didn't... You mean good showman? <laughs> <laughs> he's just really on top of things and very, very smart. He's very smart. I know people might think that he's a little socialist. Socialist. And maybe his his bear, his who he is, is very maybe uh, outrageous. Okay. Like he's got a big personality. Uh-huh. But he had some really interesting, not necessarily interesting things to say, but he, he really, he didn't bash Trump, which what I thought he was going to do. He um, did recently say some pretty bad not bad, but pretty scathing things about Trump, but well, not did, in this scenario. The things he did say, he was like, "Listen, I do not agree with a. It's not. It's no. What's the term uh, that everybody knows? Like, it's no uh, secret. Oh, so, so, <laughs> it's no, I'm trying to walk and talk at the same time. It's no secret that I do not like right Donald Trump. However." And he started talking about the immigration policy, and I thought that was very interesting because he put in, listen, it's these people are coming from war, drug tour, war to almost violent drug countries, zones, yes. Yeah. And it's not that we can't let them in, but we do need a better uh, legislative uh, process in place to get these people the asylum they need. Well, not everybody who comes is eligible for asylum, but the problem is, or no, the issue is, as a signatory to a number of international laws governing asylum and refugee protection, we have an obligation to have an asylum process in place where these people are screened to determine if they are eligible. If they are determined not eligible, then they will not be granted asylum but we under Donald Trump want to shirk close our borders and shirk our international legal obligations right to this process and that's basically how he put it but he did, he left his name out and he just said listen we just need to do a better job well and it's because this has been a problem before Trump right 
I mean, immigration reform in this country has been a problem for many years, decades at a minimum. Yeah. Um, and however, I mean, unfortunately, it's another very partisan issue where it is more times than not, and this isn't all Republicans, but it's basically Republicans who refuse to work on any type of reasonable immigration reform. I think even immigration-friendly people, immigration experts, would agree that the immigration system in this country is broken and needs to be fixed. But then you basically, if you're Congress, you show up to work and you just hit this Republican wall of nationalist sentiment where it almost feels like they want it to be broken because it's just a hot-button issue for them. Right. Um, It's just a hot-button issue for everybody. And it goes back to my whole underlying explanation for this, simplistic that it may be, though, is that people that are afraid of immigrants are just that, fearful feeling insecure like they either somehow think these immigrants are going to take something away from me or they're going to hurt me Right. and if those are your thoughts then that comes from a place of fear Right. and so what do some politicians like to do they like to make people more afraid because that's how they feel people can be motivated is through fear. And wouldn't it be nice if we could live in a world where people were actually motivated by compassion and thinking of others, if not even instead of themselves or before themselves, but just think about them, period. That was our message at church. This yes. Sunday, gratitude. Was there a goat? There was no goat. Was Tom Brady on the screen? No. All right, well, I may need you to tell me the full message then, because if I had been there and didn't see Tom Brady and didn't see a goat, I might have not paid attention. Just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yes, please, as a Christian woman going to church in the South, please spread hope to all of the sad Americans that there are actually people like you that care about other people. It's hard because you're up against a red state. A red state full of red people. I hate to be like that, but... And red is the color of anger and blue is the color of calm. (laughs) Just separately saying that. I mean, yes, I I have compassion for people and I am very grateful for the things that I have, but I know when... You're just trying to escape. Uh, Let me put it to you this way. What boggles my mind is somebody is risking death on both counts to get here. They risked death living where they were, getting out, and then literally traveling up the Yucatan through Mexico into up to America. That's like... That's that's somebody who's fearful that they're just going to die anyway. Right. Why not try get get somewhere where they can get help? 
Yeah, this can't be their first choice, being in a migrant caravan, no. walking for days, no exposed, water, being in danger, yeah. and either being surprised or knowing that they're going to come to the border and possibly be killed. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation all the way around. But, so the interesting thing is, to me, it's these different lenses, right? Like, so you can meet somebody, let's just say it's a fellow churchgoer, and you know this person, and he or she is a, seems like a very good person, you like them, and you know, just by knowing them, and being a part of their church community, that they actually do help other people. They volunteer in a local food pantry. They donate items to Goodwill. They, you know, help out in any number of different ways. You know, meals for the homeless, right? Like, but, but not even that. It's like, this has been going on for since the United States started. And what? it's like people just migrating to this country. Oh, yes, yes. For whatever reason. Yes, but now we've reached a place of comfort and wealth where certain people in America don't want to share anymore. But my point was that you see these people doing things locally on a small scale, including possibly helping people that are not originally from this country. I mean, Atlanta has had a huge international human trafficking awareness raising because of Hartsfield-Jackson. And some of these people may have compassion for people who have gotten caught up in international human trafficking schemes. Although what I'm about to say, of course, that actually doesn't work because under that scenario, they were brought to this country against their will. But but then this same kind of local lens where you're in direct control of what you're doing. Like I'm going to this food pantry and volunteering. I'm serving these meals to the homeless. Um, There's no wide angle lens here. You can't see yourself in people in other countries. You can't connect that everybody is a human being. And if you believe that human being, if human life has inherent value, then, you know, you shouldn't be letting country lines and borders and boundaries stop you from having compassion and being willing to help. Now, obviously, as a country and a government, there are certain obligations that you have to, you know, maintain your borders, have law and order for a civil society. But as individuals, I'm just like, why is there such a lack of compassion and caring for other people? I don't get it. Well, it's, it's a, a pick and choose situation. They'll pick and choose the people that are currently here. And they'll pick and choose the people who are not coming in. Who, by the way, in, in, in some situations are exactly the same people. So that's the lens. Oh, I'll help the person that I don't have to see. But I, you know, if I have to, the thought of somebody coming in 
being violent because that's what the, at the end of the day, that's what's been brought up over and over again. Uh-huh. Then I, I don't want to. And meanwhile, I mean, really, we should be most afraid of white males with guns. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, they're the ones that Tell are going it around. Reach it, sister. Uh, commuting, committing massacres. Yeah. I mean, the young man who killed himself and the other people in Thousand Oaks was white former military. Yep. So am I now entitled to be afraid of all white former military men? Right. I mean, it's just... All right, well, we need to wrap this up because it's bringing me down. All right, we mean we need to switch topics. We do. <laughs> We're so, on our last lap. We need to make it good. Let's uh, let's talk about our next alcohol adventure. Mm. I mean, uh, I think we also need a lunch adventure, right? Well, always. Why not? Okay. Well, I don't okay. know. Are there any good new restaurants though? good i just saw a greek restaurant right where that italian one used to be that we went to oh yeah i've been there a couple times how is it the food is good i like greek food yeah the food is good i mean it's like a you go up to the counter and order right and then you get a number and they bring it over to you so it's not fancy or anything but right. we could we could go do a little greek because you know <laughs> according to ancestry dna i'm a little greek now Oh, yeah. So were we talking go. about this? They yeah. redid my results. Or Wait, what? Refined them. Oh. They took out. Well, so they got much more accurate about Ireland and Scotland. Okay. Which I felt they weren't before. Okay. I'm now 13% French. Wow. I wasn't any French before. And this is the zinger. I love. As zinger. far as I can tell, they're claiming I'm like. Less than 1% Italian. What? Which is kind of crazy because I know for a fact that my mom's dad was first generation Italian. Which means my great-grandparents, one set of my great-grandparents were from Italy. How can I be... Less than 1%. And it was... 1% 1% or less than 1% Sardinian. Sardinia. Oh, okay. I mean, which is part of Italy, yes, but... Uh, but that's its own... Well, well, it's an island. It's an island, yeah. But, um... <laughs> Jonathan, he's laughing at me. He's like, your mother's last name is Romano. It's true. How can you not be Italian? Right. And don't worry, people, that is not the answer to any of my security questions. <laughs> so don't even bother to try it. Those things are so counterintuitive. Right. You could listen to this podcast for years and never <laughs> get one answer right. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Oh, my goodness. So, um, yes, and I'm still going to do a 23andMe. Uh, that was just on sale. I already have one. Oh. I bought it a while ago, which means I actually have to use it because I think they're only good for... Like a certain amount of time. My husband refuses to do one. Huh. 
Yeah. And his thought is because they have, now they have that information. And the next wave of marketing you is through that. Well, I think you will already get marketed. I mean, 23andMe offers like an enhanced screening that will give you health information. That's kind of so, cool. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say he was like paranoid about them having his DNA. Yeah, but he's paranoid. The, well, he's paranoid about everything. <laughs> and then, well, my first thought on that is, I may have shared before, I'm always like, you know what, I'm just not that interesting, so <laughs> whatever. We also leave all of our DNA all over the place all the time. That's true. Um, but true. also, the amount you're providing them with is so small, and it supposedly gets all used up in the testing. Right. So, it's like there's not anything to keep. But one day, I don't know if it'll be in our lifetimes, but I could see that maybe some evil megalomaniac would rise to power <laughs> and somehow we have that. figure out a way to become the next Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, thankfully, Trump isn't tech-savvy enough for really wouldn't put in the work to do it. It's true. But anyway. So. Okay. All right. So. Anyway, back to happy thoughts, though. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just realized I might be bringing us down again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we also may have gotten a strange look from a fellow walker. But, uh, oh my gosh. So, uh, how, uh, have you been monitoring... I haven't been monitoring it, but I just find it fascinating how Apple now tells you how much screen time you have on your phone, or you've spent on your phone. Do you pay attention to that? No. Apple does this now instead of, because there's an app that I've had in the past that has tracked my screen time for me. Oh, okay. But you're saying this is now in the phone. Yes. So, like, it tells you, like, how many hours since last full charge or something, but now you're saying there's somewhere in settings no. where you can go? No, it tells you, it just tells you on the screen every week, every Monday. You must have to opt in for that. Mine does not. I think that when I did the upgrade or would it be iOS? Yeah. They started coming up. But I'm huh. fascinated by it because last week I was only an hour and 15 minutes. This week I jumped up to two and a half hours. So I'm like, huh. That is, I'm just, I'm, I don't know why. It's just a nice reminder. Hmm. Interesting. I told my son, I said, you see, this is good. You need this. He's like, ah. He likes to play his game. Well, yeah, and there are different things where once your kids hit a certain amount of screen time, they just automatically get locked out. Right. Oh, um, I need that. Uh, I may, I don't know. I may have to. But, uh, well, so what, what is your Christmas looking like? What are your holiday break plans? Oh, I'll be here. Like? Okay. Um, my mother officially told me that I am no longer allowed to leave during any major holidays. Oh, she missed you on Thanksgiving? Yeah. Aww. And I think this past, I'm trying to think. I know I was gone one Easter because I was away, I think it was two years ago, I was in St. Martin. Okay. And then... Last year, I was, for Christmas, I was in North Carolina celebrating a wedding. Okay. And then this Thanksgiving, I was in Aruba. Yes. 
So she's like, no, not happening anymore. She said it with a wink and a smile, but I got her. I oh, understand. Yeah. So yeah, we're home and uh, Christmas Eve, we'll probably spend at a church service and then back to my mom's house. Uh -huh. And then Christmas Day, everybody comes to my house. Nice. And then New Year's, I'll probably hang out with my girlfriend. Okay. Our families are usually together that night. Gotcha. Well, we are this one anyway, because she already announced to me that we're hanging out. And I said, okay. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm going to be up in Massachusetts for Christmas and then out to Southern California for New Year's. So we're doing a big two-week cross-country swing. Woo! The night we fly home, we're meeting a family friend at the airport. She'll be spending the weekend with us The within 12 or so hours of us getting back to our house. Jonathan will turn around and fly out to Austria oh. and be gone. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We are ramping up into our crazy time of the year yeah. between performances and gymnastics meets, and birthdays. Your, of gymnastics, your daughter's okay with gymnastics still? She's right on the edge, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. Middle of December will be very telling. If she has a horrible meet, uh, which for her could be anything besides not meddling in every single event. Okay, okay. I mean... <laughs> her bar is based on past performance is very high like right. there are I mean if she's done dozens and dozens of meets like it has maybe only been a handful if that many times that she hasn't meddled in every single event and all around gotcha. so yeah we'll see unfortunately so I'm trying to keep my spirits up, even though it might not seem that way with all the topics I bring up on our podcast, <laughs> but my family is entering this period of uncertainty and change, oh. and I don't like uncertainty. I like change yeah, me when too. it's positive. Messed up my recording. <gasps> Dang phone calls. Anyway, I don't know what I was saying, but I was... You're, saying, you're in a phase of uncertainty. Yeah, and well, I don't like it. It really stresses me out. Um, and so, but I'm really trying hard not to let myself, like, be dragged down into an abyss of stress and unhappiness because it doesn't do anyone any good. No. So I'm trying to focus on the positive stuff in life the stuff I'm grateful for I often think about uncertainty as an opportunity to just let it go because I can't I don't think you can really if it's uncertain then there's nothing you can do about it so I just don't think about it well you have to wait until I mean eventually things will Working. unfold in a way where yes. they become less uncertain but you know, like right now, I'm wondering where are each of my daughters going to be going to school next year? Mm. Is my younger daughter going to completely change her entire life focus? Uh, right. How much more is Jonathan going to have to travel? We already know now that he has to go to India for work oh, wow. next June. And he was like, Maybe we can figure out a way for you to come. Oh. And I was like, well, of course, then he tells me, he's like, 
I think it's monsoon season on the mainland, oh, which is where he's going. Oh, no. I mean, it is a big country. I mean, yeah. it's an entire subcontinent, for heaven's sake. But That's true. His theory was, you know, he'd go do his work conference, which I think where he has to, I think his team in India is outside of Mumbai, maybe. But he was talking about going, like, up to Nepal and Kashmir, and of course, oh. you know, I'm intrigued by the hiking. Right. But uh, I'm like, well, we have these two kids that will not want to come with us. Right. In which case, I mean, we could literally drop them off in Massachusetts with my parents, but for Vivian's gymnastics training. Right. So. I've told everybody, well, I've told you and some other people, that counts for everybody, <laughs> but like, I have to be careful because there is a selfish part of me. I get to do so many more things in life right. over the next six years if Vivian stopped doing gymnastics right. and my summers were mine again and I didn't have to worry about, you know, only having... Fourth of July week to do stuff with the family. Mm. So, yeah. We shall see. Part of me is like, oh, you want to quit? Quit. We're <laughs> living in Austria next summer, baby. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think Chris might have a, an opportunity to go to uh, Australia next year. Ah, so, for work? Yes. Now, would it be at a time when you and August would be able to coordinate a tag along so you could pop over to New Zealand. Well, that that's what I was thinking, and he he frowned upon it. Ah, what? <laughs> I was like, okay. No, well, but that's perfect when you can get part of the stuff paid for by work. Right. Because like his ticket and accommodations in Australia would be covered by work. I like can get timeshare too. See. And then I mean, even if you waited, I mean, you know, flights from Australia to New Zealand can't be outrageously expensive. Mm, I don't think so. Not in between those two countries. I mean, flying from here to Australia or New Zealand, right. I'm sure is pricey, but... Right. So... Anyway, ooh, well, that would be exciting. That would be exciting. So, we'll, we'll keep thinking on it. It depends on... You know what? I guess it just all depends on how it unfolds. That's right. Nothing is certain yet. Nothing is certain. Man, am I hungry. Man, am I thirsty. Yeah, I'm thirsty too. I'm trying to eat less this Me week too. because of the massive amounts of food I consumed over the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. I don't even want to step on the scale. No, me neither. So I'll step on it at the end of the week. <laughs> After I've lost a couple pounds, hopefully. But... <sighs> Oh, it was nice catching up with you. Oh, I do have your surprise. Oh, a surprise. I love a good surprise. Uh, because we're awesome. All right, we're approaching Marissa's vehicle. The door is opening. We're getting a surprise. Well, I'm giving you back the podcast stuff. That isn't a surprise. But what's in it is... Oh. It's a bag of licorice. Oh! <gasps> Almost from Aruba. <laughs> Thank you 
so much. <laughs> oh my God, this is awesome. It's jumbo. I love it. Thank you. And I have another bag, so if you ever run out, just like. <laughs> well, maybe we should be doing taste comparisons. <laughs> no, because it's the same. It's the same one. You should have seen. Well, I mean, like get other licorice. Oh do. yeah, yeah, yeah. In anticipation of our shared bucket list licorice trip oh, to Denmark. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye for now. Bye for now. Okay, okay, okay. Hello. We are back. Yeah. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's I miss you. Every exciting. time I see you, it's like... I know. It's like a wonderful thing. I, fe- I do feel like breaking thing. out into a song. We always should, I but did. let's wait for some words to inspire yeah, us. Exactly. To be full of song. Yes. But, of course... Maybe we already had that word because there's together, together at last, together forever. We're tying a knot that no one can sever. I don't need sunshine now to turn my sky true blue. I don't need anyone but you. Oh my God, what's that from? That's from either Annie or the new Annie. Did they add new songs I, I Annie? I thought they added new songs. Maybe they just sang uh, them no. in a different way. Maybe that's that. <laughs> Note to self, Annie. New songs? Oh my god. Alright, wait, hang on. Wait, have I done this wrong? I don't think so. It'll keep recording, right? What are you, yes. uh, what are you doing? Well, remember, I gotta get to my notes. Oh, but I, I thought remember. that's what was printed out in front of you. Oh no, that would have been smart, but my printer was having some issues today. Oh, mine's so, flat out busted. I need a new uh, one. And I didn't realize how important a printer was until it was gone. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. Because I have things I need to print out for. Yes. I have a wine tasting tomorrow night. I like to print yeah. out the wine menu. I have one on Saturday, which, by the way, are you going to? You know, I did just, I think, officially say yes. Okay, good. So. I was wondering. Vivian has a show at 5.30, but I think it will be over, but maybe we'll be a couple minutes late. I'm yeah, I think to- it. It's seven. It's seven. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, okay. So, here we are with the review of the walk. This is the review. This is the review. And I, I'm just going to get a couple And this was last things. week's walk, correct? We're only a week out. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because we, yeah. Yeah, I why not? I remember most of the topics. Like, energy and earth-related things. I'll just knock this off the checklist okay you know because you and chris were mocking me for my purchase of my hidden rocks painting kit yeah yeah buying rocks so i have this stem catalog called brainful toys stem club for curious minds and do you know what they sell in here don't tell me rock kits oh my god that's right people you can come and buy your rocks right here in... Why don't you just buy a ukulele and write some music and toys. sing? About the rocks? About the premium no. geodes? No, you, don't, you do not need geodes or, or rocks. You need a ukulele. Put your talent to real use. Hmm, that's an interesting and slightly disconnected thought. It is. Is it, cause it, you're, is. Is it because I'm... <laughs> is it because my rocks were... were Tied to my whole random acts of kindness, and so you think my singing. How were would... they tied to your random <laughs> acts of kindness? <laughs> well, because remember, I 
was going to paint on them like, you are awesome. Oh, right. Because I had seen this rock on the sidewalk next to the fire hydrant, and it was yes. so pretty, and I wanted to take it, and Jonathan wouldn't let me. I said, but that's what it's there for. I was it's just going to say. to make me happy. And that's actually a, a good and valid point. We need to put this out there. When you find these rocks, because August found one, uh-huh. and we have it still. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, I wonder if somebody lost it. Uh-huh. But now you're bringing this up that people leave them around. Yes. But are you supposed to take them? I feel like I think you are. Now, I don't know if maybe you're supposed to leave something in I was just going to say, do you take a rock Like, remember rock? the whole geocaching <laughs> craze? Yes. Oh, and yeah. it was like... Do people still do that? Probably. That's pretty cool. And, like, you get there and you leave something. You can take something, but you can leave something. But I feel like I read about these rocks, and it was just like, they were just these rocks. And if you saw one and it brightened your day, that was the point of it. Oh. And so that's why I bought the kit. Because oh. I, was, I was remembering, until Jonathan squelched it, how happy I was to see that rock. Jonathan? Yeah. I'm like, that rock was purposely placed. That didn't fall out of somebody's pocket. It's like beautifully placed. All right, right, this is, all right I'm writing it hydrant. down. We're going to have to research this. Yes, okay. Hidden. Research. Hidden rocks. Or painted rocks. Painted rocks. That people leave for strangers. Here's okay. a rock tumbler if I wanted to clean my rocks. <laughs> Just saying, I've I got still think you some need accessories. A I have no musical talent, but you can just strum a yeah, ukulele. Yeah, but you can sing. You're right. Well, I mean, I can't sing, but I'm You're not, not going like, to be winning hideous. any Tonys Correct. anytime soon, Correct. but you can sing. Yes. <laughs> you have you have that... I have the ability. That ability and that whole yes. stage presence. Oh, there you go. That's it. Say, I have a presence. Thank you. You do have quite the presence. I try. <laughs> It's, and I mean, all, most of it comes naturally, of course. Of course. But, I mean, here are stepping stones if I wanted to go bigger. Well, that you should. With my rocks. You should do that in your backyard. Mm, interesting. I don't want to buy those rocks, though. Okay. Because they won't be delivered in a nice little box that I can all get right. from Amazon. So. Okay. It's like I don't want to buy them. Okay. Yeah. All right, I got you. Anywho, I just wanted to point out that Thank purchasing you. rocks is, is a legitimate a, thing. All right. And let's just get off our other catalogs. Because okay. I, I told you about oh, this. We didn't dogs. talk about this. How, how, okay, so just so everybody knows, we're gonna, we should post a picture of it. Because that's right. a, something, a side note. Looks, mm-hmm. and there's a corgi on the cover. He's lying down having his little whoopee and his little, his little um, pillow. He's lying on his bed. Mm-hmm. And you are a cat lover. You do, don't I dislike am. dogs. You're just a cat lover. So how I you got this in the mail? I don't dislike dogs, Correct. but I also don't like dogs. Right. I'm I'm neutral on dogs <laughs> for politically correct reasons. <laughs> if it's your dog, since your pet is an extension of yourself, if I like you, I will like your dog. Well, I like the pet. I like that. Yes. So, but I don't like I don't want a dog. Correct. And therefore, I don't need, in the company of dogs, Yuletide 2018. No. So how... Did I get on this mailing list? You must have bought something for someone. Nope. Nope. I think they share their lists, Marissa. Well, they do. Yeah. 
And they just kind of guess. They're like, 50-50, this person probably has a dog. Mm. But now I am bequeathing my dog catalog oh, to you. thank you. The owner of a dog. Thank so, you. All right, so that's our catalog. That's our catalog um, <laughs> part of the review. I feel like we always need to get a few catalogs out into the open. Here, give me the other one so I could just take a picture of it. Yes. Brain, where'd you get this one, Brain Fuel Toys? Uh... Oh, Brain Fuel. Yeah, I even said it wrong. Uh, I'm, also on, I'm also on this mailing list. I think I said Brain Full, which it's, isn't a word. Neither is Brain Fuel, but those are two separate words. Brain Fuel is not a word? Not a word. Oh. I don't think it's in the dictionary. Oh. But anyway, yes. It should be. So they sent it to me because they probably heard me talking about rocks. And so, okay. you know. I gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. So that's what happens, people, when you walk outdoors. Things occur to you, you to talk things. about things that are outside yes in the out, in the great outdoors and then not in the great outdoors unless he's golfing but not in our great outdoors is donald j trump okay so this is the tweet except i called it a tweet and it wasn't oh so yes it was his phone this. call like I guess maybe the president does a Thanksgiving phone call as like a tradition or something. I don't know. And somebody asked, but I know this is this is what Trump said during his Thanksgiving call with media and military members. He was asked what he was thankful for and he said, quote, Oh, I remember. For having a great family and for having made a tremendous difference in this country. I've made a tremendous difference in the country. This country is so much stronger now than it was when I took office that you wouldn't believe it. Wow. That is correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So, but of course, the funny thing about that was it's like, oh my gosh, Trump seems like a normal human being for having a great family. Oh, so heartwarming. And then he's like, and basically for myself. Right. And, you know, of course, it's just like, you're maybe a completely just, ridiculous human being. Maybe he's just a comedian. He, he isn't. Because he can't take a joke. If it's at his expense, right. Right, oh, yeah. he can't oh, take a joke. No, no, no. no. So, but, um, yeah, so that was the specific thing, quote, that we were discussing. So now it's out there, but this is where I was going to turn it around just a little. Okay. Because we know in this podcast I probably have not had, like, a single nice thing to say about Trump. Like, maybe sometimes I don't um, mm. actively bash him, but... I'm not sure I've ever said anything nice because I've never felt moved to do so. The closest I've come, nope, see, no, was reflecting on how before he was elected, I didn't think he would be as awful as he is. So that's not really a nice thing. But <laughs> it was nice of me to think that he wasn't going to be as awful as he is. Yes. But that doesn't really count for these purposes. Okay, so you're going to turn it around. Well, I'm going to make a little inroad or... I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it. But here you go, people. This is something I want to share with you. Okay. That, like, unless there's some angle I'm missing here, which since I've only read this one article, I could be missing a lot of angles. Right. But this came across my, my radar. Um, Trump endorses bipartisan criminal justice reform bill. So, first of all, you hear endorse and bipartisan. Trump endorses bipartisan. It's, like, almost like right. a miracle. right. It's like a an Xmas. Oh, sorry. I mean Christmas mirror. And and let me just ask. Uh, this was an article you read. Yes. And who is it by? 
It is by Sung Min Kim of the Washington Post. Oh, so it's credible. November 14th, 2018. But that's that's a couple weeks ago. Well, I'm busy. I can't keep up with everything. Oh, no, no, I'm just saying. (laughs) How did you come across it then? Uh, It popped up in, I'm going to say, my Facebook news feed. Wow. Yeah. Because I follow the Washington Post. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Just trying to put it all in perspective. And you know what? It probably did keep coming up or through because people comment on it or and or it gets promoted right. or... But anyway, um, I'm not going to take up a lot of time talking about this because this would actually be something that I could research and we could talk about on a walk. But, you know, these mandatory minimum sentences and stuff, Yeah. it's something that... Um, legislators and groups criminal justice reform groups have been trying to fix in right. this country basically since they were put in place and i'm not a hundred percent sure i can't remember who was kind of how i don't remember when these got put into place i can't remember if it was the 80s or the early 90s but um. part of the issue is um They've always been seen as our favorite word. I won't even use it. I'll say, um, well, what can you say besides racist? Um, disparate racial impact. That's okay. what I'll say. So, for example, you could get more of a jail sentence for being arrested with crack cocaine than powder cocaine. Okay. And really, why would be that be the case? Well, because crack cocaine was a black person epidemic. Whereas powder cocaine is more of white. a white person right. epidemic. And so... In the 80s. Yeah, correct. <laughs> in the 80s. So anyway, the a Republican and a Democrat had put forward this bill called the First Step Act. That's its short name, I'm going to say. And it said, at an afternoon event at the White House, Trump officially endorsed the First Step which he said included, quote, reasonable sentencing reforms while keeping dangerous and violent criminals off our streets, end quote. He urged lawmakers to send him a bill saying, quote, I'll be waiting with a pen. Today's announcement shows that true bipartisanship is possible, Trump said. This is a big breakthrough for a lot of people. They've been talking about this for many, many years. So that is actually a presidential quality statement. Yes. So, um, clearly not written by him. (laughs) You said it, not me. (laughs) So, if the changes that the Senate have made really aren't bad, then you would hope that it would perhaps pass the House and that there would actually eventually be a bill that could go to the president for signature. So, I will be actually following this closely. Um, You know, criminal. Justice is not a focus of mine per se, but it is in kind of my bigger umbrella of like human rights. Human rights and discrimination, mm-hmm. and racism. Yep. And so this, this says the new Senate package includes language that lowers mandatory minimum sentences for drug felonies, including reducing the three strikes penalty from life behind bar to 25 years. That provision would not be allowed to take place retroactively, a major concession from Democrats. So unfortunately, if you've already been sentenced, this is not going to help you. It's only going to be forward-looking. 
It also would include Senate language that retroactively applies the Fair Sentencing Act of 2010, which reduces the disparity in sentencing guidelines between crack and powder cocaine offenses. So that's interesting because this act came into place and apparently at the time it was enacted, it was again only now if you commit a crime from this day forward. Right. Like mm. if sentencing guidelines change, should you go back and resent, like it's not an actual, like, but should you look at somebody's sentence and be like, okay, well, if they have been sentenced under this new act, then like, oh, they'd probably already be out. So therefore they should get out. Hmm. And so I think that's interesting. And it says, and it would, re- would reduce mandatory minimum sentences that go into effect when a firearm is used during a violent crime or a drug offense. The latter also would not apply to people already sentenced for these crimes. And so, you know, I personally don't know that I agree with that because I do think that there should perhaps be mandatory minimum sentences when a firearm is involved. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it makes it more likely that it becomes a violent crime. I guess some people could try to argue, but under our judicial system, like selling drugs to somebody is not considered a violent crime. You are actually harming that person, but it's not like you came up and shot them. So that's interesting. Um, Anyway, there's a lot to do there, but I'm going to follow this bill and see what happens. And of course, the reality is that they have to get, you know, you actually have to get the bill to a vote, <laughs> like, which right. means the people in charge have to cooperate and in bringing it to a vote. a federal thing. Yes. So this would affect all states. Well, actually, the criminal justice system... The federal criminal justice system is separate from the state criminal justice system. That is such a good question. And, you know... I have lots of good questions. You have awesome questions. But since (laughs) I haven't taken criminal law or criminal procedure since 1998-1999, that's not really in the forefront of my mind. But um, because there are crimes that are crimes because of federal statutes. Right. And then there are crimes that are crimes because of state statutes, which is how you have like weird state statutes, like in places like in Georgia, where it's like, it's a crime to sell a chicken on a Sunday or, you know, right, 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 right. (laughs) So, um, anyway, so that is the, that is the, the, the first step act and I will be, um, Please do follow that. I will be. I will be just thinking about it because, according to I Kevin find- Ring, who is the president of president of Families Against Min- Mandatory Minimums, one of the leading organizations that have pushed for criminal justice changes, he said, "Quote: Today's endorsement of federal criminal justice reform legislation by President Trump is a modern-day Nixon goes to China moment." Hmm. Interesting. President Trump, I think, would like that statement if he well, read it, and there but he thinks is, the post is fake news. So, well, and therein lies the problem. If you were Trump, wouldn't you want the press on this? Like, yeah. So I find that, but odd. he might only want like the Fox News Breitbart press on oh. it. 
I don't know. But yeah, I mean. I would I would want everybody to know I that would I... want everybody on it too. But anyway, this, huh. I'm going to hold on to this right here because it's bipartisan. <laughs> yes. And it could actually have a significant um, impact. impact in our country. Yeah, it could. But, um, all right. So you... Wanted to do a little follow-up on the werewolf of Bamberg, which oh, yeah. I actually had a little trouble, like, finding it first on the interweb. Really? I'm looking I eventually at... found it. Oh, okay. Well, it is a series of books, and it's, a ba- it's by a... Let me see. If I can... I don't even know if I can pronounce his name, but his Just name... Spell he's, it. <laughs> he's a German author, Oliver Pocht, P-O-T-Z... S-C-H. Okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, posh. Yeah. And he's written a series of these books, and they have all been, uh, they've all been translated into English, And because I, I thought that was interesting because I didn't realize he wasn't an, uh, an American author. Gotcha. But um, it's an excellent book, and I just wanted everybody to... Have the full information. Have the full information. And uh-huh. I will post it on our blog... Perfect. Yes. So people can see it. Yes. And then, okay, so other things that I have to talk about, although, you know, we like to review things, we like them to come up organically sometimes, or we don't have to talk about everything. Not in the review. They might not come up organically. That's true, I guess, (laughs) maybe. All right, well, the other things we talked about during this podcast, well, let's Switch to something because I'm like we have some other heavy topics like Ooh. Bernie Sanders, immigration, lack oh, yeah. of compassion for others, ancestry DNA updates. I don't know. Let's. Um, I mean, I could say a bunch about immigration, but we're also you and I also aren't like feeling a hundred percent today. No. So this might be a short review. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, what I is the, all my just, brain power? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't need I. They the immigration thing has died down considerably over the weekend. Like I haven't heard much about anybody coming in. That, well, that caravan in particular. I mean, the last I understood was the caravan had arrived. Oh. The tear gas was released. Right, 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 right. Um, That's right. Everybody was in an uproar people, about kids getting yes, tear glass. Gotcha. Which is you know so organic that you could put it on your nachos if you wanted, according mm, to some. That's delightful. Yeah. I'm going to, why don't they try it? Tell exactly. That's it right. Once you try it on national TV. But yeah, that's died down considerably. They're here. Well, no, they're not in the country. Oh. I mean, they're. Well, they have to yes. go through the process, which needs to be. If they're allowed to do so. Right. Yeah, well, you know, news cycles in this country, they're only. It's like, on to the next thing, and then right. it's like the same thing with the kids. In the detention centers that haven't been reunited with their families, even though the deadline to do so was months and months ago. Right. So it's like, if you, we talked about this, like needing a degree to like follow the news in this country. Honestly, if you are interested in staying on top of something, you have to make an effort to do it yourself because you're not going to get it from the news after a certain amount of time. And it's just, it's a lot. And so. And of course, the death of George W H H W Bush. H H W Bush. Yes. Has taken over. Yes, that's right. That took over the news cycle. A lot of good things said about him. And it's funny because when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. I guess that's when he would have been president. Yeah. I 
it's kind of funny how they paint the picture of this real statesman and I remember mm -hmm. going through that and thinking he really wasn't a nice man wasn't or was was not I think on my this, my mm -hmm. perspective of that time right. was he was a hard ass right former CIA right wasn't gonna take any crap from yep. anybody type yes and now he's being portrayed as a loving father yes. and husband yes and, and I listen I'm not gonna badmouth him. I have no reason to really, but I just my perception of him growing up was way different than the way they're portraying him now. Well, and isn't that always the way though? Right. It seems like I mean, it was the same thing with like by the time Nixon died, people were like, you know, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, oh my God, twenty years ago the guy was being reviled as ruining right. this country. Right. Which the jury is still out whether he did or not, frankly. Exactly, I mean, yeah. just everything that was brought about by that. But um, it's just interesting. It is interesting. I mean, it's also, I, I'm going to say, anything that has to be viewed through the current lens of Trump, I mean, yeah. like everybody that came before him looks awesome and like a good That's person funny, just yes. because they're having, you know. So, uh. And I did catch an excerpt where he did, people asked him while he was alive mm -hmm. what they thought of Trump. Yeah. He just flat out said, I don't like him. Yep. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah. And that, I think that's great. I yep. think that's uh, incredibly telling. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard to be president. I think H.W. Bush was president in a different time uh -huh. you know growing up in massachusetts of course like he ran against dukakis yeah so uh -huh. i wasn't really gonna like him anyway anyway yeah, yeah, yeah but i did actually come to respect the fact that he was qualified to be president which i did not yes. think ronald reagan was super well qualified correct and then of course i did not think George W. Bush was super well qualified. Uh uh. And, but now compared to Trump, it's oh, like yeah. they were great. They were so well qualified. Right. Well, because now apparently you don't need any qualifications to run for president and be elected, but. Well, then I should get right in. Uh, well, thank <laughs> you. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. You run your own business, Riss, and I know. you didn't have, you know, your parents hand you millions of dollars to get it started. That's true. And you're a decent person, so. I try. You're not, well, because there's still the stories in the news. The still out on that. <laughs> yeah, you see these stories in the news where it's like, you know, so obviously the Trump empire is continuing to build and grow and stuff, and he's being sued because he isn't paying the workers. Like, he isn't paying he's the people. Wreck. And he, but it's like, well, that's how he's always, always operated been. his business. Yes, so, always. and the reason is he's cash poor. He can't pay these people. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And by cash poor, I mean, he has more cash than either of us have, right. but it's like how he lives his life or like maybe certain things that like he has no control over that have to be paid. Right. It's like, well, who can I stiff? Who can I stiff for now until they sue me? Right type right. thing but anyway it's all that's all very interesting but yeah so the immigration issue is um ongoing ongoing and for some reason i have something here and i don't know if we talked about it but i have this article why are people so divided about immigration we speak different political languages by this guy art carden and it was well. I don't think immigration was an anger issue until Trump became president. Well, it's a, as prevalent 
Because it has always It's always been, been there. And they've been trying to fix it for years. Yes. And even Obama had some issues. Yeah. Oh, every... Every president does. Yes. However, the anger level over people coming to this country has risen to a point where it's almost... Well, because Trump, that's what Trump... He well, that, yes. Yes. Right. Whereas other people, other politicians would try to actually... Downplay. Know, down, not... Or just like... Like... Try to settle people. Right. Calm people. No, Trump he's the all about, we need to yes. keep them out of here. They're criminals. Yes. And it's like. They're going to come kill you. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but so this article, like I said, is from Forbes. And this guy wrote, um, and he said, he says, you know, it's no secret that Americans are divided politically. What's especially curious, though, is the fact that people tend to talk past one another and rarely, if ever, achieve a real meeting of the minds on political controversies. So that's where you and I are exceptional. Yeah. Our minds always we want meet. want to. That's true, too. And so he's talking about these books, which I may look into a couple of them, but one of these books is Arnold Kling's short book, The Three Language of languages of politics talking across the political divides this gentleman mr carden feels is particularly insightful and he says that you know if you adopt Kling's framing you can see a little more clarity around a discussion where like you said mostly now there's just anger right so he says this author of this book the three languages of politics asks us whether we are really trying to understand and influence one another or whether we are just seeking status with in our own political groups. He considers three groups in American politics, liberals, conservatives, and libertarians. He says liberals frame issues in terms of the struggle between oppressors and the oppressed. Mm -hmm. Conservatives frame issues in terms of the struggle between civilization and barbarism. And libertarians, meanwhile, frame issues in terms of the struggle between liberty and power or coercion. And he says there isn't a right or wrong framing that applies to literally every issue and that, you know, different framings lead us to different ways of thinking about policy issues. He does argue that the civil rights era is most usefully understood through the liberal oppressors versus oppressed framing. It's entirely possible that the most appropriate, appropriate framing differs from issue to issue. And there's this weird test that we may have to take, but we're not going to take it now. Will it tell me if I'm an oppressor? Yes, yes, it will. (laughs) No, but it will tell you. It was tell you if you can. So it says it's called the ideological Turing test, T-U-R-I-N-G, and it says a liberal, for example, has passed an ideological Turing test if she can successfully pass herself off as a conservative or a libertarian. Nice. (laughs) That's whoa. That's like a mouthful. Isn't that funny? That's hilarious. Oh my gosh. But anyway, so he says, how Turing. Do- Turing, T-U-R-I-N-G, yes. I'm going to have to put that up on the website yes. so people know what that is. And we'll look into it too. He says, how then do we understand what is happening along the border and how do we understand the political rhetoric and division regarding the migrant caravan? And so he thinks that this Kling framework is useful. And he says, I think Kling's framework provides a very useful way to understand. For liberals, the struggle between oppressors and the oppressed is obvious. Armed American border agents are oppressing some of the world's most vulnerable by closing off points of entry and firing tear gas at women and children trying to cross the border. Clearly, someone... Okay. I'll read it as it is and hope people understand it. Clearly, someone can only think otherwise if they're some combination of stupid and corrupt. 
And then he's, I think Clinton's, but he, right, don't right. get up in arms, people. He right. just used liberals first. I think Clinton's framework provides a very useful way to understand for liberals this, wait, did I just read that? Sorry. It's all right. For conservatives, the struggle between barbarism and civilization is also obvious. If law and order matter, we cannot simply allow anyone who wants to cross the border to do so. Can we expect civilization to endure, a conservative might ask, if we flout the rule of law and forsake the legal processes that are in place to control immigration? Do we have a nation if we don't have a strong border? Moreover, might we run the risk of descending into a barbaric war of all against all if people can just come across our border and get free stuff? Clearly, someone can only think otherwise if they are some combination of stupid and corrupt. <laughs> For libertarians, meanwhile, the situation along the border is obviously best interpreted as a struggle between liberty and coercion, restricting voluntary capitalist acts between consenting adults, those who wish to hire, and those who wish to be hired, for example, is per se objectionable. The consequentialist libertarian can point to the exercise of force along the border as a resource-wasting impoverishing policy that limits the division of labor and leaves us poorer than we would otherwise be. The rights-emphasizing libertarian can point to the exercise of force along the border as illegitimate interference with voluntary interaction between migrants and those who wish to hire them, rent to them, or otherwise associate with them. Clearly, someone can only think otherwise if they are some combination of stupid and corrupt. And she says, I hope you can see how these alternative framings jar with one another, though in the case of immigration specifically, there is a clear affinity between the liberal and the libertarian framings. It's unlikely that we are going to have a real meeting of the minds among people who disagree about the very kind of problem we face. Instead of jumping right to the assumptions of stupidity and ill will, Kling suggests that we first seek to really understand one another's ways of framing the issue and not just superficially. That is exactly what we were talking about, Riss. I know after I read this super long article that people <laughs> probably forget, but we were discussing like different lenses that yes. you see things through. Yes. And so that is kind of what this is. And I like always said, you know, it inform people's frame how their lenses and their framing are informed by their life and their personal experience and how they choose to prioritize things. Just because, for me, the priority of the argument is between oppressors and oppressed doesn't mean that I don't understand that somebody else might feel more that it is like a question of civilization versus barbarism or barbarism. It's funny that this, my name, comes from this word, but I don't actually know there's one way. <laughs> it's another reason I hate the name Barbara, because it's literally barbaric. <laughs> like, so Yeah, horrible. you're right. Those are the t really the two views. Well, I mean, that, just for me, that's the framing, but I get that the... I mean, yes, we are a nation of laws. As a lawyer, I fully support that. And where I have the problem with that lens continuing to be applied through the or across the issue is, but yes, we have set up this system. We've agreed to mm -hmm. be part of this international system of asylum and refugee law and now all of a sudden we're just deciding oh we don't we can ignore our obligations under these and treaties yet some you can yourself a nation of laws you well so i'm not saying choose. it's okay no 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 i'm just but saying some that some countries, countries are part can. of it 
I mean, they haven't, they, you know, so. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so just as the United States, we agreed to ratify these treaties. We agreed that this was going to be the law of our land. Right. And, but now we're like, well, we don't really have to follow it. So we'll just close this. No one can apply for asylum. It's not even a real thing anymore. Right. And so you can't have it both ways. You're either a nation of laws and you follow your own laws. Right. And sorry if you don't like them. Well, that's why there's a whole system to change them. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to, I don't even care if the goddamn president of the United States, you don't just get to unilaterally be like, I'm going to ignore this whole process. Now, actually, having just said that out loud, the executive function with inside the office of the president with regard to immigration is actually probably almost one of the biggest areas of power that the president yeah. has like a say in. But still, from an individual person who is looking through the, is conservatively framing the issues as the struggle between civilization and its opposite, yeah. We can be a nation of laws, but then you can't you can't cherry pick which laws you think have to be followed Correct. and which don't. Correct. You don't get to make that argument. No. So, or you don't get to make it logically. Correct. Hmm. Let's talk about something fun. That <laughs> well, was deep. That was deep. We always get deep. We like to get deep. Yeah, we do. We're deepers. We're deep enders. Well, I'm looking at your list. Yes. And how about we end this on discussing where our next food and beverage adventure will be? Mm-hmm. Yes. It might very well be this weekend if might you attempt to weekend. come to this party. That's true. Although, that's not really a food Oh, no. It's adventure. an adventure. She always has good stuff. You're right. I guess. But we can't... You're right. We can't put it under the... We, it can't be food, because that's really a beverage. It's really beverage-focused. Which, by the way... And we also way, can't be recording there, so no. we're supposed to go on our our food and beverage adventure together. So we've just got to find a place okay. and make it happen. We've got to, I say we find a place. I went to a really been. great place on Friday. Where? Do tell. It's called Guacamargie's. Guacamargie's, awesome. And it's literally on the Beltline. Oh, in Atlanta. fun. And I'm giving them a plug because yes. it was a lot of fun. It's very low key. Uh-huh. They make they have a list of all these different types of margaritas uh-huh. that they make and they are excellent bartenders, I must say. And then they have a list of a small list of food that you can pick because everything's kind of made fresh that moment. Okay. So it's like you can get a, a choice of their specials in terms of the tacos that day, mm-hmm. or they have these really cool bowls that they make mm-hmm. where it's like rice on the bottom, yeah. and then they put all t- types of meat or vegetables or whatever okay. you want. So it's cool. Now, is this a walk up and order restaurant? Is it a sit down and be served restaurant? Is it a food uh, truck? Is it a sit down and be served? Okay, but it is very loosey goosey. It's very okay. very low. We could go do that. Does it have an outside patio seating? It does. Does it? Yes, it does. Okay, because it's on the belt line. It so is on the belt line. It's yeah. a little bit of a pain in the ass to get, get to. to. Mm. However, yes. My husband thoroughly enjoyed it, and that's really all that matters. Because when he has to go, like, jump through... And it's funny, because we all said this going into the perimeter. Yes. And for those of you who don't know what that means... when you it means live hell. In, when you live in a bigger city, you're either... You either live inside those confines of the city, or you live outside. But you know, we, we have a defining... 285, we the really Devil's do. Road, is in, our border. In it Atlanta. It is the perimeter. Right. Yes. 
So we, in order to, let me put it, I, this is the way I put it. You do not have to leave the OTP to have good food. Correct. Outside the perimeter. In fact, you some have, people have started coming OTP I for good food. I know. And we live here. in the thick of it. <laughs> we do. Our town is things. very well known for its food. Yes, it's historic so downtown. So I was questioning my sister's uh, choices. Choices, however, she, was, ITP. she does live ITP, yeah. and it was really her uh, fiance's choice because it was okay. his birthday. Okay, so fair so enough. He didn't still. make a good choice. Yes. Okay. Good. And for family, you'll go ITP. I will because yeah. I like hanging out with them anyway. Yeah. So it's all good. That is all good. All right, well, so that would be a fun place. Oh, yeah, maybe we'll invite my sister, and she could be a special guest. Perfect. That will our next food and beverage adventure will feature your sister. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? It was her fiancé who said how great our podcast is. All right, so they can both be guests if they they want to be. They can if they want to be. I mean, it's all but if you want to be. Right. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. You and I can talk, first of all, forever. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we're good at it. Oh, speaking of beverage, I can't even have one because I'm on carpool tonight. Damn it. And I can't have one because I don't feel that great. Yeah, I know. I don't feel that great. I had some bourbon anyway last night because I thought maybe it would knock it out of me. Does alcohol knock stuff out of you? Yeah. Bourbon does for me. I don't think I have any bourbon. I also don't really think I like bourbon. (laughs) Maybe I'll go home and drink a vinegar shot. And anyway, my son's about to walk in the door anyway, so. Awesome. Alrighty, All well, right. let's wrap this up and uh, say we stay tuned because it's always interesting. Yep, bye for now. If you liked what you heard, please follow us on Facebook, A Walk in the Park, on Twitter at A Wit Podcast, on Instagram, A Walk in the Park Podcast, and eventually on YouTube when we get our channel set up. For now, you can head on over to our website www.awitpodcast.com to access everything. Wherever you find us that you can like, follow, and or subscribe, please do so. We'll be your best friends. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be your best friends. I mean it. We mean it. (laughs) All right. Bye.